eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Odyssey Sports presents Big Time Baseball with MLB insider John Heyman and former Major Leaguer Tony Gwynn Jr. Welcome into another episode of Big Time Baseball. I'm your host, Tony Gwynn Jr., alongside my co-host, John Heyman. John, it's been... Quite some time since you and I have been able to to do this, man. Our schedules are, are, are completely different, uh, <laughs> completely different sides of the coast. Yeah, I missed you. I'm I'm now on your coast, obviously in Los Angeles for the All Star <laughs> Game. So we're at least within a few miles now. Obviously, uh, last night was uh, was 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 pretty sweet for baseball fans, but I think we can't start the baseball conversation without talking about Juan Soto. And they reported $440 million he turned down over a 15-year span. Um, it sounds like at this point the Nationals are reserved to the fact they're going to have to move him. They don't have to necessarily move him right now, but yeah. that is the uh, feel, it seems like, going around Major League Baseball. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I don't think it has to be right now. I do think it seems like they're going to have to move him. Could be in the winter, though. It's very difficult to do this on a deadline. They only have two weeks before the trade deadline. <clears throat> Obviously, once the trade deadline comes, they're not going to be able to move them. So that's pretty quick. Now, can it be done? Sure, it can be, but it's not going to be easy. The contending teams are not going to want to give up pieces of major league level. Well, obviously, the Nats are going to want guys at the major league level. And also, the teams that are out of it, you know, the, the need for Soto at the moment is not that great. So it's not going to be easy to do this in season, be much easier out of season. So no guarantee is traded at this moment, but certainly there will be talks. It's going to be very interesting. It is the story of the moment, uh, even beyond the All-Star game. John, you obviously are our insider. And my question for you is, is there a specific number he is looking at? I mean, I know we heard talks of $500 million at one point. Uh, or as a possibility, but this seems like a ton of money. Uh, is is he just ready for a change of scenery? No, you know, I think it is the deal. I mean, um, you know, I talked to a few executives here, and they're not surprised that he turned that down. And the reason is it's because 
of the salary. It's not the total. The total 440, obviously, that's eye-popping. For anybody, it's a record, but the fact that it's 29 a year, obviously, ah. you and I could do well on that, but the Scherzer deal is out there, $43 million. The side disagreed on whether that's relevant or not. Soto Camp says anything is relevant. It's out there. There's a guy making $43 million. Beyond that, there are several guys who are huge stars making $35, $36 million, certainly above $30 million. And, you know, at this point, we're talking about a guy who's not only one of the best players in the game, he's only 23 years old. So he's got a lot of prime years left. And, um, you know, I think it's more the salary than the total. But, you know, those numbers that we mentioned, I think maybe I was the first one to mention the 500 a couple years ago. I think you did. You know, it, yeah. looks, it looks like it could be in the ballpark, you know, at this point. Well- uh, for those who who may not understand the the concept of turning down four hundred forty billion, <laughs> in, in my experience, dealing being around guys who are this good, uh, they want that that AAV as they like to call it, that yearly salary, basically, to be you know if you're the best player, you want it to be amongst the best uh, in the league in terms of salary, and if that number doesn't quite sit in that top. One through five, maybe. I could totally see why uh, Juan Soto um, has turned his money down. It, it, and it sounds like the 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 Nationals are reserved the fact that they don't want to go to the number that he wants to be at. So yeah, no, it's not it's not going to work out at this yeah. point. It's pretty clear. I mean, from the Nats' perspective, you know, they saw Bryce Harper sign for I think it was thirteen for three thirty, right? So that was somewhere in the neighborhood of twenty five a year as a free agent. Soto's not a free agent, but again, at this point, he's only 23 years old. Um, he's doing having a better year than Harper did not have a good free agent year. As we remember, he had about a two war for the year, a little bit below, and he's been better with Philly. So, you know, at this point, the numbers are going up. Soto's an even better player. He's even younger. And the feeling is now that we've seen guys get, 35, 36, That's right. 43. That's right. A guy like this is not going to take 29. Nobody yeah. who's actually in the game is surprised that he turned this down. And from the camp of Soto, they think it was kind of like window dressing to show this big number, show they've tried. And, you know, if you took it, great, because then they'd be able to keep this great asset. They're selling the team. They're getting out as well. So they can't really say anything about Soto getting out because – they're leaving. The owners and the learners are selling the team. And, you know, they, the, the perspective of Soto's camp is that, you know, they lock them up and it enhances the value of the team. And that's what yeah. they're trying to do. There, there's no doubt about it. We've seen and, – and I think the kind of – the idea of free agents getting paid more. As you mentioned, Bryce Harper got, I think we said, 25 uh, what was it? Five, four years ago, five years ago now, uh, in free agency, uh, we saw kind of a change in how teams operated when Fernando signed it, his signed his big deal at such a young age. Uh, you, you also saw the kid in, in in Tampa sign his big deal at such a young age. I don't know that the free agency line doesn't work anymore. I think if yeah, you have young young talent, young talent like a Soto, a Tatis, uh. 
it seems like the idea now is to pay him early and get all of his prime years, and you're paying him top dollar during that time. Uh, those guys are rare. There's not a whole bunch of them out there. Uh, but I do think the, the the philosophy has changed in Major League Baseball. So it sounds like the Nationals, and it probably has to do with the fact that they're have they're going to sell this team, are, are, are a little bit behind the times, if you will. Uh, and, and listen, from the outside looking in, you kind of hit on it, uh, window dressing. That's how, That's how it appeared to me the whole time, right? Because, you know, he seems like a pretty private dude, doesn't want to do this out in public. And it seems like every time there's been some type of offer, it has made its way to the public eye. And I'm sure that doesn't sit well either, but it is a business. We get it. Uh, John, let's talk a little bit about last night. Home Run Derby, uh, once again, was, uh, I think, to the liking of, of all the, the the viewers who were watching, it was a, a good competition and ironic. It's not really ironic, but Juan Soto also won that <laughs> won that competition as well in, 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 uh, in pretty pretty big fashion. Yeah, I mean, I used to really loathe the home run derby. They've made it much better now with the time yeah. rather than the swings. I think that really enhanced it. Um, you it know, speeds Julio, it up too, by the way. Yeah, to take absolutely. Forever. Right, exactly. I know. I, I felt like I was leaving in the middle of the afternoon here. Of course, we're in Los Angeles, so I'm not used to the early start. I love it. I should probably move out here and join you if you got room in your house. I'll, I got I got four kids. I don't know if I have enough. Oh my god, good for you. I mean, Julio Rodriguez. You know, he really stole the show. Fantastic. You know, a lot of us don't get to see him very often. Incredible talent as well. Only twenty one years old, and as so often happens, the guy who steals the show doesn't end up winning it. But Soto, the big name in the news, is the guy who does win it. Terrific young man. I think we all believe that. I know some yeah. people probably annoyed they didn't take the, this big amount of money, but he's going to do better. Let's let's face it, he's going to do better. He's the man of the hour. He's where all the news is. And I think right now the All-Star game, obviously, as we talk, is coming, but the trade, the potential trade of Soto, I mean, that's really what's on everybody's mind at this moment. And whether he will be traded here and who he will be traded to, you know, I had a list of 10 candidates who could acquire him. And, uh, you know, I didn't even include St. Louis and Seattle, and now they're kind of whispers like, you know, they've got the prospects. Maybe they could do it. Um, you know, the Nats are going to be looking for major league talent. So that that's going to make things very difficult and very interesting. I will say the Mets, not too likely in the same division. They don't want to see Soto there for at least another two and a half years. And with Steve Cohn there, probably another 15 years. Yeah. I don't think they're too likely. Obviously, you'll see the big market teams, the Yankees, the Dodgers involved to some degree, the, the big gambling teams that have some money, San Diego, Texas, probably they're involved too, but it's going to be very interesting. I personally think it's going to be very difficult. I've been told it's like a Durant trade and a Durant trade on a deadline. Not easy. So we shall no. see, but that's certainly one of the big stories right now along with the All-Star game. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. 
And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, I mean, the moment you mentioned San Diego's name in your New York Post article, oh my God, this place <laughs> has been has been just coming up with all kinds of different trade ideas. Uh, we'll see how that shakes. Let's Let's move to, as we move into the second half of the season, where obviously Juan Soto is going to be a factor, whether he's moved or not, his name is going to be mentioned. But let's talk about some of the some of the guys that could be on the move uh, come this deadline, because clearly with the two extra uh, playoff spots, uh, there are going to be a lot more teams who feel like they're in it. And we saw this in the 2020 season, right when we had the the pandemic season. There's going to be a lot more teams in it that feel like uh, they're going to be willing to take a risk. And some, I know the Padres uh, could be one of those teams on the list, aren't going to be afraid of rentals this com- this time around. <laughs> no, the Padres are not afraid of much. They are, they are quite a gambling team. So <laughs> give them credit. I love them. Uh, you know, they put out amazing, amazing effort, uh, considering they don't have that revenue of the Yankees or the Mets or the Dodgers or teams like that, but give them credit. So, yeah, they're certainly going to be in there pitching. And, you know, I think the vast majority of teams are going to be buyers based on yeah. this new rule where you got six teams in each division who are going to make the playoffs. And it looks like you probably have to be above 500 to make it, but maybe not that much above 500. So there are a lot of teams who are thinking, you know what, we can hang in there. We might be able to make it and they may go for it. And there are not that many sellers. So a clear seller's market where the sellers are going to get big, big prices for for guys. And, uh, you know, even before Soto, there were, there were certainly more hitters on the market than pitchers. That pitcher's market is weak right now. The pitcher's market very weak, but the hitter's market, even without Soto, not terrible. you got Josh Bell. You've got C.J. Crone, you know, Mancini potentially, but Baltimore is doing well. You've yeah. got Contreras. You've got Benintendi, maybe Nelson Cruz. Um, you know, you've got some decent hitters out there. I think most most or all of them are going to get moved. And uh, so, I mean, it should be interesting, even beyond Soto. But, I mean, Soto is the star. He was the star last night. He is the star of the trade market as well. Let, let's let's put aside actual names, but how about team? Who do you think Who do you think the teams that are going to be the most active come, come deadline? Well, your team is always among the most active. The Padres, I mean, you know, A.J. Preller in there, he's a gambler. He wants to do stuff, you know. I, I think that there's just going to be an enormous number of teams trying to do things. So, um, you know, Seattle is a team that has not been in the playoffs. Now they've won 14 games in a row. Jerry DePoto is the GM who makes a ton of trades anyway. Yeah. Here is their opportunity to get in for the first time since 2001. Unbelievable. So I could see Seattle. I could see um, certainly San Diego. But there are a lot of teams that are – Right, like on the cusp of the playoffs, like, are we in? Are we out? Are we going to make it? Teams that we expected, in some cases, to be in it. I think St. Louis is a team that expected to be in it. You know, it's kind of nervous time for them. Philly's a team that hoped to be in it. They're kind of right on the borderline. San Francisco, people speculated on whether they may sell. 
I don't think so. You know, they're they're in it to win it as well. So you, you certainly uh, a lot of division races are close. Maybe the Yankees are pulling away. Maybe Houston's pulling away. But certainly, you know, in the central divisions with Milwaukee, St. Louis, White Sox, Twins, uh, Guardians, they're all involved. So, you know, you got probably two-thirds of the teams that are involved right now. So I know <laughs> it's weird, right? It, it's super weird. And listen, I think if, if you're in the AL Central, whatever moves you're making are, are strictly to win the Central because it's – it's going to be an uphill yeah. climb to catch any of the American League East teams that are currently in the wild card position, as well as the Mariners, who are are nine. They've won what 13, 14 straight going yep, into the break. Fourteen, fourteen, yep. fourteen straight, and they're still nine games uh, out of first place because that's how well Houston has played. Um, you know, just during the course of the year. Uh, Let's wrap up the first half. What, what were your, what were some of your takeaways from from the first half of the, of the season? Yeah, I mean, I think the teams that we expected to be great were, were pretty darn good. You know, um, the Dodgers are really good. The Astros are really good. The Mets are good, even better than we thought. The Yankees, really much better than we thought. I mean, we thought they'd be a good team, but not like this. I mean, they looked like for a while that they were threatening the, uh, you know, the 1998 114 win Yankees still may get there, may have to rally a bit to do it now, but uh, they really had a spectacular first half. And then we saw some surprise teams really rallying in Seattle. We mentioned Baltimore came on strong at the end. I mean, that AL East is amazing. At the beginning of the year, we both praised the NL West as the best division. AL East, certainly by the end, looks like the best division. I think I'm kind of with you. Uh, that's where the action is going to be. Second half, all five teams are pretty good at least, or much better than that. Um, you know, Toronto, Tampa, Boston, all pretty good. I think Boston's a bit of a disappointment, but, uh, you know, we, we've seen, I, I, I don't want to say it's been predictable, but you know, if I go back and look at my playoff teams, I, I think I'm probably 10 out of 12 right now, maybe even 11. Yeah. You know, the teams that we thought were going to be good are very, very good. Um, a couple teams that have not lived up to expectation. I want to start with the the Blue Jays because they obviously have already fired their manager Charlie Montoya. Um, what do you think exactly went wrong there? Because I saw some comments from from uh, Bichette that kind of raised my eyebrows a little bit in terms of him agreeing with the move. It, what, did he just lose the clubhouse? What happened there? Yeah, I, I didn't see him as the problem at all. I think their bullpen is is not strong other than uh, Jordan Romano, who's an all-star. It is interesting. They have six all-stars, and they fired their manager. Um, mm. You know, I, I didn't see him as the problem. and I didn't – I didn't. Uh, I, the fact that Bichette came out and said what he said, <clears throat> I, you know, I like it when guys attach their name. I didn't like a couple of comments like, you know, this – that Matoyo should have been harder on us or something like that. I mean, you know, come out and put your name on that if you're going to say that. And, you know, why would you say somebody should be harder on us? You should be a self-starter. If you're in the major league level, you're very talented and you're obviously motivated to get there. You have to be a determined person. I don't know. I thought that's a bizarre comment to think somebody should have been tougher on me, you know, to me, for me to get motivated. I didn't love that part. Um, Bichette putting his name on it, I like that better. You know, Toronto's had injuries. They had the injury to Ryu. 
Um, Barrios obviously hasn't lived up to what, you know, his capability is. Um, and, you know, I think their bullpen, frankly, just isn't good enough. So I think they definitely have issues. I didn't see Montoya as the issue. I guess we'll see in the second half whether um, Schneider will change things and improve things. Certainly they're in a tough division. You know, that's, you know, they know that going in. But, uh, you know, it's fair to say they've underachieved, but I think we were caught off guard by that firing. I, I, I didn't think that Charlie Montoya was the issue there. Yeah, no, I think everybody was caught by it. The other team that uh, has been disappointing this year is the White Sox, although they've, they're 7-3 in their last 10, and because they're in a central, they're still in it. They're only three games out, but 46-46, and 46, I don't think anybody saw that coming at the beginning of the year. No, I, I thought they were the biggest favorite of any division, maybe along with the Dodgers. Um, so it is a shocker that they're doing like this. I will say this. They've had some underperformance by some key guys. Uh, Grandal has not performed like you'd expect. Moncada, uh, Lance Lynn, who started out with the injury, Giolito. So you take those four guys. If they did their normal performance, they'd be in a much better position. And, um, you know, I know a lot of people are pointing at Tony La Russa. Obviously, that was an interesting choice at the time, and they've underperformed. I do think Jerry Reinsdorf will be sticking with La Russa. We shall see. But he's a loyal guy. He's one of his best friends. I don't see that changing. But they are only three games out, and they're on a bit of a hot streak at 7 out of 10, as you said. I know we we touched on Soto. Is, is there another player out there that you expect – like without a doubt, because Soto's is is, I would say it's less than fifty fifty is my guess of him being moved before the deadline. But is there a guy that comes to mind that you think is there's no doubt he's going to be moved at the deadline? Well, I think some of those <clears throat> some of those hitters are uh, unquestionably going to be moved. Contreras, who we spoke to here at the All Star Game, and uh, wants to stay has not been offered a long-term deal, and he's a free agent in two months. So I, I'm sure that Wilson Contreras is going to be traded somewhere, whether he's a catcher or a DH somewhere else. Um, you know, he's going to help somebody. Um, I do think some of these hitters are, are very, very likely to be traded. Nelson Cruz will be traded. Josh Bell will be traded. Um, on the hitting front, on the pitching front, it, it is a tough one. It is clearly a seller's market in terms of pitchers. I do this... Uh, trade bait power rankings uh, uh, that we do uh, for the New York Post. And, uh, you know, I've always had Montas up there because the A's have been a seller. But he's got to get out on the mound and and show people what he can do at this point. Uh, He has been out, and uh, he's going to be scheduled to pitch coming up. And if he performs, um, they'll be able to make a trade for him. But the key pitcher right now, I think the key starting pitcher uh, is Luis Castillo. Um, mm. does have a year to go, so Cincinnati doesn't have to trade him. But, you know, we see what kind of a seller Cincinnati has been. Uh, it's pretty clear that he's going to get traded. And certainly the Dodgers and the Yankees are in their pitching, no pun intended. You've got the Blue Jays who lost for you, as we talked about. Uh, and, you know, there are a lot of teams that are going to look at Castillo. But on the pitching front, he's the number one guy. But, uh, you know, he does have a year to go, uh, you know, the pitching front is 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 really really shallow. I mean, Jose uh, Jose Quintana with the Pirates uh, is one of the better pitchers available. I mean, he's really under the radar at this point. You know, at one point he was traded for what was it, Eloy Jimenez and Dylan Cease, who should be an yeah. All Star, and now he's so far under the radar. But 
uh, the Pirates are going to get a, quite an overpay on, on Jose Quintana, I'm sure. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Now, we just recently had the Major League Baseball draft, and I want to get into the specifics of the draft, but one of the kind of undercurrents that uh, I think has been off the radar because it's kind of been a – it was a rough spot during during that lockout. One of the things that broke the lockout or allowed the lockout to end was the fact that they pushed this MLB draft portion of negotiations till now. And that deadline is coming up. The sides seem to be very far apart. Are you hearing anything on that front in terms of this international draft uh, that has uh, that almost that almost stopped the season from happening? Yeah, I mean they they delayed negotiation on it, and they're still talking about it. I certainly hope that they have an international draft. There's just too much corruption that goes on, and um, I think it's time that we do have the international draft. And if if they do get the international draft, the deal is going to be because MLB wants the international draft uh, that that qualifying offer and the compensation for free agents that's been a, a troublesome issue for yeah. agents and free agents for years uh, would go away. So it would behoove, I think, the players and the union to 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 work this out. You know, I, I understand why uh, they've enjoyed. Uh, the freedom of being able to sign anywhere, the international stars I'm talking about. But, you know, at this point, they've watered down the prices so much that it might as well just be a draft as long as the slots are fair. You know, at one point, like uh, Moncada, did he sign for $26 million or something like that, or $52 million? Right, he got half right. of it. I can't remember exactly. But there were guys that signing like they were real free agents. And then it, through the negotiation, you know, teams are now limited to around four to six million dollars to spend total on the entire pool of international free agents. So, with that in mind, they can do slots just like they do in the regular draft for the international players and make it fair and and have them get the same outlay of money or even more and just eliminate all the corruption. So, 
it makes sense. Um, you know, there's some people on the player side who don't like it. They like the freedom, but I, I hope they get it done because uh, I think we need to get rid of that corruption that goes on um, internationally. All right, John, we, we've, we've gotten the, the kind of uh, the negotiations of the international draft. Uh, got a kind of handle on that, but let's talk about the draft in itself. There are two things that stood out to me. Uh, first thing is the sons of former big leaguers are, are riddled all up and down this draft so far. But the second thing that stood out to me is something that I know Major League Baseball and guys like myself have, have been trying to uh, – um, aid in, in the change and uh there were a lot of black ball players taken in the first 15 play 15 picks of this draft and that's not something you see often and, and it kind of i don't know if it puts to bed the notion that uh young young black kids aren't playing the game of baseball but this was uh, this was eye-popping to see so many of them uh taken that in just in the draft but in the first round yeah, I mean, that was great to see. That's something baseball's really been working on lately, and you know, certainly they have the RBI program, and right. uh, they're, they're working hard on it. Uh, you know, obviously at one time, um, you know, you were obviously aware. As Tony Gwynn Jr., there were so many great black players, not just your father, but going back to when I was a child, and you had Frank Robinson and Hank Aaron and Willie Mays, and, uh, you know, they'd like to get back to that era where the great black athletes are playing baseball instead of football or basketball or soccer or what, what have you. And it was great to see. And we have some black all-stars here as well. And Buxton yeah. and some others come to mind. So um, that was, that was great to see. And I, I thought it was interesting to see the sons of the players. And I know you were, yeah. you know, you were a major league player and your father, a hall of famer, but to see Matt Holiday's son, Jackson Holiday go one and then to see Andrew Jones' son, Drew Jones, go two. And then, of course, Carl Crawford's son, Justin Crawford, went to the Phillies in the middle of the first round. Um, you know, certainly it's an advantage. You have the genetics, the athletic ability, and you have your father guiding you. Well, what was it like? I got, I got to ask you, what was it like for you when the draft came around? Well, it was a lot different, eh? I mean, I found out on a computer that I got drafted. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> they, they didn't have the 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 big showcase like, it, like they do now, but – um, certainly there's a reason why you continue to see former ball players sons get drafted. And, and, and that's, that's because they've been exposed to it at such an early age. They're around it pretty much their, their entire lives. If they're, they're fortunate enough to, to, to get a chance to see their dad play. And, and you're seeing that you're seeing it, you see it every year, but this year seems to pop out a little bit more because, uh, at least for me, because these are guys that I've played against, I competed with, uh, against. And now you see in that next generation come, um, it, it is pretty special. But the one name in that draft who who's not a, a son of a former big leader that I think uh, surprised a ton of people by going as early as he did was was, was Kumar, Kumar Rocker. Uh, if you remember, he was a high pick in last year's draft, the Mets did not sign him. They did not like the way his medicals look, supposedly. Uh, the Rangers didn't have any such uh, any such issues, though, huh? <laughs> well, and I don't know about that. I mean, he's going to be signing here for $5.2 million, So he did better than he if the Mets had paid him a slot last year, which was $4.7 million. They didn't make him any offer. That's what they thought of his medicals. But, you know, they were able to work it out, and that's great for Kumar Rocker. I mean, it's always – you know, sad when you see these things happen. Remember, 
from your down your way, the pitcher, Brady Aiken. And he, something came up on his medical, and then Houston and um, his agent had difficulty working it out. Then he ended up going the next year, and it was, again, a high, pretty high pick. And he hasn't made it, and it turned out that medical did show something was wrong. And I think that's what's really prevented him from becoming a major leaguer. Now, in the case of Kumar Rocker, I mean, he was an incredible college pitcher at Vanderbilt, which is, you know, if not the number one program in in college baseball, it's certainly near the top. And, um, you know, uh, certainly the record shows that he's been great. Uh, he's been asymptomatic, but apparently something on that picture that they take when they do the medical evaluations doesn't look perfect. And, you know, that's probably why he only got only quotes 5.2 million but <laughs> it's nice to see him get picked third and make up the money that he lost and it, it work out nicely for him and you're right he is not the son of a big leaguer and not many people know this he's actually the son of an nfl player tracy rocker i don't know if you remember him i think he was a linebacker i'm not an nfl expert but like apparently he was a pretty good player so he did have the genes going for him yeah. but didn't have the upbringing that you had or jackson holiday or drew jones around you know the ballpark all the time as a as a little child he was around the football field yeah it clearly didn't matter because not often are you drafted in the first round twice so oh yeah so 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 so, so clearly it clearly whatever whatever he's got going for him has worked well uh listen we we've covered it pretty much all from the first half to the all-star break to who's going to get traded obviously tonight will be the uh Major League Baseball All-Star Game in Los Angeles. It'd be a lot of fun. We'll do this again next week uh, on Big Time Baseball. Make sure you download uh, the Odyssey Sports app, and you can get Big Time Baseball there or wherever you download your podcast. Make sure you subscribe, like, and leave a nice little comment, if you will. Until next time, for John Heyman, Tony Gwynn Jr., we'll see you.